Sunday, November 28, Week 1 of Advent. This is the first Sunday of Advent. Thank you for listening to this lesson on the first Sunday of Advent and to the beginning of this Advent devotional series. This lesson will be a little longer than the ones that will be coming out during the week because I want to provide on the weekend, especially on Sunday, a little more content for you to think about and listen to. And I'm also including discussion questions that you can use if you gather with friends or family or a small group of some kind, or maybe you would share these with uh, with people online even. And I'm interested in any feedback you have and what you think. I'd love to hear what your answers to the questions were. So feel free to use the show notes if you'd like to join a faith circle to talk more about these questions and the different devotionals that come out. Then by all means, follow the link that's in the show notes. And also take advantage of the Spotify playlist that I created to accompany this podcast. But on the first week of Advent, the theme is hope. And the passage that I've selected is out of the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verses 14 through 16. You're going to see as I read this passage that hope is an obvious theme. And as you listen to the devotionals throughout this week, you'll hear hope as a theme that is predominant throughout. And as I'm going to explain in the sermon, I'm giving you a little bit of a, of a spoiler here. I'm going to talk about hope and the way that hope appears in the Bible is different than how we tend to use hope. But let's go ahead and read Jeremiah chapter 33 verses 14 through 16 and then we'll talk about what it means. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called, The Lord is Our Righteousness. I don't like to wait. I don't know about you, but I don't know many people who do like to wait. Many years ago, Devin and I lived in Memphis, Tennessee. And while we were there, she got had needed to go to a doctor for some reason. And she got uh, heard about a really good doctor in town and made an appointment to go there. The appointment happened to be in the morning. I didn't have classes at that time. And so I drove her in. And I thought, I'll just sit in the waiting room and wait for her. Well, we waited and we waited and we waited. And I started to get nervous because after we had sat there for a couple of hours, she still hadn't been called. And it was getting to the point where I had to begin thinking about going back because I had classes I needed to get to. We waited and waited. I finally had to leave. She still hadn't been in. And I left. I went to my classes, I came back, she finally had gotten in and was just getting out after I had returned, but she had been in that doctor's office for several, several hours before she had been seen and was able to come out. 
She liked the doctor a lot, and so she kept going back to him despite the weight and knowing that we were going to have that kind of a weight because he was a very personable and attention to detail kind of guy. We made sure that we scheduled time to go to the doctor when either I didn't need the car and she could take it by herself or when I had plenty of time to drop her off and pick her up. But that first experience, I got to tell you, waiting was driving me nuts. It reminds me of sitting at traffic lights, standing in lines at stores. I don't like to wait. I get very impatient while I'm waiting. In fact, as we're coming into the Christmas time, Christmas season now, during Christmas time, I shop as much as I can online so that I can avoid the lines in stores. How many of you listening to this have had to wait for things? Maybe it's not in a doctor's office or in or at a traffic light or in a line in a store. But there's a lot of things in our lives that we have to end up waiting for. The results of medical tests. Waiting to hear how a loved one's hospital surgery went. Waiting for a promotion at work. Or for some of us, waiting to hear about family and holiday plans. Waiting can create anxiety for us. And the common theme in the examples that I I just provided are that we don't like to wait because for most of us, waiting symbolizes uncertainty. And we like certainty and assuredness. We don't like the unknown, and so we don't like waiting. Waiting for us symbolizes that inability to be able to, to control what's happening around us. And we struggle to get through that period without trying to force something or just being patient waiting can bring out the worst in us because it it symbolizes and even creates anxiety within us and so i'm thankful for this passage in jeremiah where god promises a better future that will be manifested when jesus returns for some of you who are new to the bible you might have been a little confused when this passage talks about a righteous branch that will be raised up. And you might have, if you're reading along, seen in your Bible that branch begins with a capital B. It's a prophetic term that talks about the lineage of King David and uh, David's lineage being like a tree and a new branch is going to come out of it. And it's a symbol and the symbol refers to Jesus. And so when I say God promises a better future that will be manifested when Jesus returns, I'm thinking about the fullness of the prophetic word that Jeremiah uttered, where he talks about this branch that will be raised up, and that branch is Jesus. But I want to tell you and have you think about for a minute how waiting is a hallmark of spiritual growth in the Bible. God's directions were sometimes given clearly and immediately, but just as often God's people had to muddle through, waiting to see what God had planned for them. We can think all the way back to the first book in the Bible, to Genesis. Very early on in that book, Abraham, before he's even called Abraham, he's called Abram at the time, before God gives him that new name, God comes to him and says, go to a land that I will show you. And Abraham packs up, gets his family, gets all of his stuff together, and he leaves. But if you notice what God said, he said, go to a land I will show you. He didn't tell Abraham where he was going. Abraham had to journey in faith 
Abraham had to to go out and wait for the Lord to reveal where he wanted Abraham to go. There was some uncertainty about it, and Abraham had to walk by faith. If we think about the experience of the people of God, the Israelites in the wilderness, they wandered for they for 40 years. And that's the language that the Bible uses. It was a wilderness wandering. They didn't know where they were going. going. They didn't know how long it was going to take. They didn't know where they were going to end up at different times. They didn't have food. They didn't have clean water. They grumbled and complained despite God providing them an abundance of clean water and food to eat when they needed it. And they were wandering for 40 years. An entire generation died off in the wilderness without the people knowing where it was they were going. They had to live by faith and wait upon God to reveal where they were going and what he wanted for them. And even the disciples in the New Testament had to struggle with this somewhat. They knew about Jesus, but they didn't know fully. And they didn't completely understand the Gospels tell us uh, everything about Jesus until after his resurrection. And then everything became clear. So the disciples journeyed with Jesus. They journeyed by faith. They were with him, but they had to wait for the fullness of what he meant until after the resurrection, which the Gospels also make clear they didn't understand. They didn't know what that was going to be about. They struggled to comprehend what he meant, and so they had to wait. And so it's not really a surprise in Jeremiah chapter 33 that Jeremiah picks up on this theme and he talks about the days to come. It's a promise that God made of a better future, but the promise doesn't have a specific fulfillment date. The time period is not determined. The phrase, the days to come or those days, are almost so general as to be vague. The promise requires us to hope in its fulfillment, and the function of this promise is to instill faith. And this is what I want to talk to you about today, about where the Bible differs in the way it uses words than what our culture uses words. Waiting in the Bible requires hope. And we use hope in a very different kind of way in our culture. We use hope in a very wishy-washy way. For example, we, we talk about hoping for a better job or hoping for good weather for a vacation or hoping at this time of year for certain family members to be absent from the holiday gathering. And we use the word hope almost as though it's wishful thinking. We use the word hope to describe the result that we want. But in the Bible, Hope is a concrete term. Hope is the substance of God's promise. It is an actuality that is in place but has not occurred yet. And we hope in that promise. For hope is belief that we believe the future that God has promised, even though we don't experience it right in this moment. And so, in the economy of Jeremiah, we hope for the branch to be raised up. This is an image of a king in the lineage of David, the hope of a promised deliverer who will rescue us from all trouble. We hope for justice and righteousness to prevail when that branch is raised up. 
We hope for salvation to flow freely from the hand of that one whom the branch signifies, Jesus. And we believe that while that branch has been raised up in the form of our Savior Jesus, who was born, then died for us, but was raised again and ascended to the heavenly places, that the branch, Jesus, will return again to usher in the full reign of the kingdom of God. So we wait in hope, in the belief that that better future will come, even though we don't experience it right now. So we wait, living in the in-between of Jesus' resurrection and ascension and his return, and we wait for that better future with hope, because we believe the promises of God. It's hard to wait like this, to be totally honest, when we've had two years of turmoil around us, when we've experienced the isolation that these COVID restrictions and lockdowns have brought to us, the mental health challenges that have surfaced from that, and now some of the anxiety around supply chain issues. But what waiting upon God does is it changes our perspective away from these things that we can't control, and it changes our perspective to the one who is in control. And while waiting is not always easy, and I would be the first one to say I I struggle with this, but while waiting upon God is not always easy, waiting allows us to do several things. To find security where the scarcity of our lives threatens us. To find perseverance when our problems try to overwhelm us. And to find strength when our situations seem out of control. So in this season of Advent, as we head towards Christmas time, for some of us, a a great season that we enjoy. For others of us, a season that we'd rather just ignore and can't wait to get through. But let each of us, in our own way, focus upon waiting upon God. Let us wait upon God's promise by calling out to God in prayer and in community with others. Let us wait upon those promised and coming better days by being justice and righteousness in our own world right now. And let us wait upon the Savior's return by proclaiming light in the darkness around us. Imagine how your life could be different if you lived by the kingdom values of waiting, hoping, and yielding. Instead of fear, there is faith. Instead of anxiety, there is peace. Instead of hopelessness, there is hopefulness. All of these things in Christ, the branch whom God will raise up. May Christ be our light during this season of waiting. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Advent devotional. Please rate it in your podcast app and provide some feedback. Share it with others and share it on your social media channels. If you'd like to join a faith circle to discuss this further, please follow the Google form that's linked in the show notes and I'll be in touch. And remember to use the Spotify playlist that's been created to accompany this podcast. Thank you again for listening. Be blessed.